0: Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey! A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy! Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky! Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than glad force flex were sold head to head. So you'll be. Happy, 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 happy. Hefty, ultra strong with arm and hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, happy, hefty. Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Chage Agents Dilemma for Thursday, May 30th, 2013, on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Stagel, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, as I do once a month on Blog Talk Radio. This show is one of the many ways I help equip individuals to lead organizational change at Inclaria LLC. The Change Agent's Dilemma is how to influence change without authority, and my goal with this show is to provide ideas and share stories to help you do just that. Today, my guest is Brian Horgan, who is here to share the story of how his project team implemented change by focusing on smooth transitions. Brian has been with United Illuminating for 24 years in a variety of engineering and project management roles. He is currently project director of the upgrade of UIL's two liquefied natural gas plants. Brian holds a Bachelor of Science from Worcester Polytechnic Institute and a Juris Doctorate from the University of Connecticut. He is a certified project manager and is a member of the Connecticut Bar. And Brian has also presented at many project management risk and strategy related events. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Heather. So you're here to tell a story of an actual project. So why don't you just set up what the project was and start from the beginning. Sure.
2: Um, It actually goes back to 2001 when um, my company started looking at our um, facilities that we used to house our people, our um, vehicles and equipment. And we had some uh, lease spaces that were coming up uh, where the leases were ending. And so we started to develop a strategy to address the combination of, of company growth but also the fact that we had some aging um, office and uh, operational spaces as well as some leases that were coming to the, uh, to the end of their life to come up with a um, – an idea where we could centralize everybody in a single location, which had always kind of been talked about, but um, now we had a a series of events that were coming together that made it um, a a possibility. And so we, um, not having much commercial construction development experience, went through a number of fits and starts. And uh, finally, by 2010... We had identified the sites. We had put together a team to build uh, what turned out to be two facilities on adjacent pieces of property to house all of our uh, administrative and operational uh, workforce in one location and uh, in the center of our, our service territory, which we're a electric um, company. So being able to get to all of our customers and Storms and during outages was um, a primary driver, and so we finally found ourselves there at the beginning of 2010, and uh, that's when kind of reality hit us about you now we got to make this thing happen. So that's kind <laughs> of so you were
1: moving into one central facility from how many different?
2: We locations. actually had seven different facilities of varying sizes um, spread throughout our our service area. So um you know it was it wasn't just the consolidation of people but people from different locations as well.
1: Okay. So moving pretty much the whole company almost from seven different locations to two buildings in one central location.
2: Correct. Yep.
1: So Now, me knowing how this went, (laughs) how did you first become aware that maybe this wasn't going to go as well as you thought, but that it wasn't going to be as easy as you thought?
2: Well, I think um, part of what we had to contend with was how long it took us to get to um, what the finished um, solution was going to be. And so we had to deal with people who had been hearing about this idea for years and never seeing any kind of Positive progress, and so even when we we finally secured the sites and put together the team to uh, design it and construct it, I think there was still a lot of skepticism from the employees that oh this will never happen, and you know it's just yeah you know I've been here for so long, I've seen other attempts at this that we just had this general kind of sense of disbelief um that we could we could pull this off. Um, but also, you know we we started to see for those people who did now all of a sudden realize, hey, this may happen that you know they saw this change being a big deal, you know, whether it was um you know just their comfort and having worked at the same location for for many years or the impact on their their commute um or just something as simple as you know just it was something new that that was was it something fear of the unknown. So we started to see those things popping up, and uh, we were also kind of heads down in the design, and so uh, it was one of those things that wasn't getting a lot of focus just because everybody was so busy, but I think we Mm -hmm. started to realize if we didn't take some time out of our schedule to address it, um, we'd, we'd be dealing with it a lot tougher later on
1: yeah so this and I think you know, having seen other project managed projects being managed like this, where you're you're focused on the project management piece of it and not so much on the change management piece,
0: so you're right. focused
1: on the building and the logistics of everything and and all that, but without taking into account the people side of it necessarily so
2: right, right. would you
1: say that that's something that's sort of a common?
2: yeah I, I think on projects you you're absolutely right heather as as a project manager you you know your your you know schedule scope and and budget are you know your mm-hmm. your drivers and uh you know, you can certainly deliver you know those items <laughs> and then just leave leave it for somebody else to figure out okay now how do you make it work um and so we 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 realized that you know, we didn't have that luxury on this project because these were our colleagues that we were, you know, building this facility for and we were gonna to have to live with these people and we all kinda of wanted to still work at the company after the project was done, so um uh, it it wasn't a case where we could kind of leave it for somebody else to, to fix later. We realized that, um, you know, this was this was gonna impact every employee and uh they all knew who we were, they knew what we were doing um so we could either deal with it um now in a in a much kind of easier environment um as opposed to trying to you know put out fires after everybody had been kind of forced into a place that maybe they weren't ready for.
1: Yeah. So then how did you convince the powers that be to of the need to focus on the people side of the project? The well, leaders of we had- the organization.
2: We had um, support from our human resources area that, uh, you know, certainly there was going to be a, um, a change element for the employees. And, um, you know, one of the reasons we were pursuing this project was because we wanted to have a productive work environment, a place where people enjoyed coming to work because it was, you know, set up to their needs. Um, you know, it was a nice place to work. It was somewhere where they... Um, you know, they were proud to say, you know, this is where I work. Uh, but they also, you know, didn't have a lot of experience in kind of change management from from this broad of a perspective. Uh, you know, so we were able to kind of leverage their acknowledgement that, you know, the, the people side of this project has to be addressed. Um, but also identified that, you know, but we don't have this, you know, we, we're we not really set up to address it ourselves, and so we need to uh, you know, kind of think outside of, of our own means and you know, find somebody who really is um, an expert on, on change, hence that's why. Uh, that's
1: when you called me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. You know, having yeah. worked with you in the past, um, on other items, and even just, you know, reading your, um, you know, your monthly newsletters, it, you know, all that stuff that you talk about was what we were encountering. And so okay. it became, you know, a natural fit to say, hey, I've, I've got just the person to do this. And uh, and so hence here we are.
1: Yeah. So, and uh, so we did one full-day workshop, yeah. was uh, my involvement in, in the project. So I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about what we did in the workshop um, to share with the audience so they get an idea of, of what we how we sort of infused the change element into the project. Sure. So we had a full-day uh, change management workshop. We brought the project team in, which was – I can't remember how many people I think um, – like 15 to 20 people from all sorts of different yeah. areas of, of the company. And we just started looking at the project from the people's, people's perspective. And one thing I like to do, with because change can be so convoluted, so complex, is really narrow it down into the key transitions that you'd like to lead people through. What are the key transitions you'd like to see happen as a part of this project? And so I walked through a number of exercises, which actually uh, later on became the Irresistible Change Guide. Um, and so we started out by saying, you know, where are we now, right? Um, before we start looking at the new facility, what do we like about how how we work together now? Um what are the things that we don't want to break when we when we when we move everybody um but also what are the things that, what opportunities do we want to take uh because because we're making this big change we can actually you know help other people help people transition um, in other ways so we looked at what are we doing now and then we looked at okay now after the move what do we want the the company to look like and then from those exercises we started looking at okay, now we can see more clearly what are the transitions, and I remember uh, there were three main ones that we focused on in the workshop. One was uh, maintain productivity, um, and I know service level as an electric utility uh, is very important. You don't want something to happen and all of a sudden half of Connecticut has no power because of yeah. something that uh, because everybody moved to a central facility. So maintaining productivity. Um, and uh, generate excitement. So, you know, like you had said, you heard a lot of sort of people getting a little bit disgruntled or disbelief or that kind of thing about the whole project. And we we wanted people to be more excited about it and say, "Woohoo! We're going to a new facility, right?" Yeah, yeah. And the the third one that I remember was about increasing collaboration. So, because everybody was moving to a new facility, it was a great opportunity to say, "Okay, everybody's in one building now. We have a, a more opportunities to collaborate." And work together better,
2: right, right, yeah, yeah, and those were you know i I would say as as obvious as they appear now, um heather, it was during the workshop that um they really kind of stood out because
1: yeah
2: again every every employee had a had an opinion on what success would look like and what would be a successful change. And um but when we, you know, kinda sifted through all that, those were the three things that kinda um either came up as well this is what truly would define success or this is what's gonna help us get that success. So um I, I think you're 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 absolutely right that those were what we came up with but it was kind of sifting through all the noise to get to it that um is, is where the workshop really, really helped.
1: Yeah. So before, like you said, you're focused on the project aspects, which were, you know, schedule scope and budget. And then we added this element, okay, well, if we're actually going to be successful here, then part of it needs to be that employees are making the smooth transition to the new right. facility.
2: Yeah, and one of the key stakeholders we had at that session was the um the lady who wound up coordinating all of our moves. And so you know she was going to be on the the tail end of this project and and really making the the literally the transition take place um and i know you know what she took out of that you know then she was able to um communicate to our um you know our movers to um we had a, a group of um employees who we termed move captains and you know, part of what Uh, we did is we kind of put them in the same role that the people who were in in your change workshop, uh, you know, kind of kind of put the same thing on them and got them excited about, you know, Hey, you're like a change agent here. You're, you're a leader, you know, you're a captain. And uh, that really, um, you know, really resonated well with them so that they didn't feel it was just some bogus title we had given them, that there actually was some, um, depth to the position and also uh, you know we gave them some some tools that they could use that i think ultimately made them uh you know successful in their their efforts.
1: Yeah. And that the move captain role was one of the main things that came out of of the workshop as a a key thing that the team could do to to help move things forward. So, yeah. So we we just to, to finish up the description of the workshop. We so we identified these transitions, and then we started looking at okay, well, I look at each one individually, and say, well, what are some of the obstacles here of making this transition? What are what's some of the resistance that we might encounter as we try to make these transitions? And I remember one of the things we did was we got out the post it notes, and just cleared out a whole wall and started doing a day in the life because, you know, you're moving buildings that. Kind of messes with somebody's whole life in a sense. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, all of a sudden but, they have a new commute, they have to wake up at a different time, they have to you know their whole schedule gets rearranged, you know they go to work and they're going to a new desk and their coffee's in a different place and I was going to say fax machines like if, if somebody has a fax machine anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know like all the the printer's in a different place, and so yep. we did a sort of a day in the life and in our own minds imagine what are some of the, what are all the changes that that somebody's going to encounter as we as they move into this new facility, which I thought was was eye-opening, and we just po- had a big, like I said, posted it all all on the wall, and we had the whole wall covered of all the different changes that people were going to encounter, which um, I think really helped the team see. Oh, you know, because it's so easy as a team to say, "Well, I'm sort of in control of this, so this is easy for me. I can put my two cents in." But as somebody who's more on the receiving end of change, they don't have that luxury. So uh, we were able to to see more clearly what what was in in some sense was being inflicted on people. <laughs> right, right. And then that, the move right. captain role was really a way of not inflicting it on people to get more people engaged. So, why don't you talk a little bit more about about that role and and what the purpose was and what they yeah, were charged it, to do?
2: Yeah, I, I think it you know it stems from what you just described, Heather, that you know you really have to put yourself in, in other people's shoes to to get that perspective. And, um, you know, while you can, you can be effective in doing that, as you get other people in and ask them to do the same thing, they start picking up on things that maybe you didn't miss. And, and you mentioned one, like the location where the printers were. And, uh, you know, we found people who, you know, they liked where they worked because, they were right next to the printer. And right. uh, you know now they were going to have to walk you know 30 feet to get to the printer. And um, so, you know, obviously you can't solve all those issues because we weren't charged to put a printer next to everybody. But we were cognizant of it going in. And so when we talked to the move captains, um, you know, part of what we explained their role is is, is to make sure that they don't just stop at, the the main things about make sure everybody has a seat when when they get moved, uh, make sure they have their office set up, but to think about you know what is their job function and you know who do they need to be, who do they need to have access to, um, you know are do they have specialty equipment, uh, printers, plotters, uh, you know computer labs, things like that that. Um, you know, need to be factored into the, the, you know, the idea of this productivity and, um, and then also, you know, challenge them with the excitement part. You know, what can we do to get people excited about the change as opposed to, um, you know, fearful of it. And one of the things that came out of that was, you know, let's invite them to the place before they have to move in and, um you know let's let's welcome them and and walk them around and be in a position to address questions before um it it it's it becomes a reality and just you know giving them the, that opportunity to come out and see the place and ask questions and know that everybody was getting you know the same thing and and certainly having standards um for workstations and and equipment certainly makes things a lot easier because you know, everybody you know, like it or not, everybody's got the same things and you know, after a while when most people say, Yeah, this works really well you know, you find that, that people don't want to be the the, the outlier and saying, Well, I'm the only one that doesn't like it So those things kinda of get get quelled and um you know, it, it all, again, went back to kind of the, the things we found out in the workshop that, you know, those became our, our, our constant themes of all the effort we put in to make sure, you know, it was keeping the operations going, it was, um, you know, helping us build excitement, and it was also putting people in a productive uh, work environment.
1: So how many wor- how many move captains were there?
2: Uh, there, <clears throat> it, it started out. Um, we thought we were going to have, you know, maybe a dozen, and then um, I'd say by the time we were done, we were probably closer to two dozen, and that certainly wasn't a bad thing because most of um, the additions were were initiated by the departments themselves, where they they saw what, um, you know, what the move captain's role was, and either somebody would you know volunteer themselves and say hey you know i know my group really well and we maybe have some some unique things um so i want to you know kind of add that extra level of of knowledge to to support the effort or by the department heads themselves who you know started to realize that uh you know either because the amount of time and effort it was taking to do this right, that maybe um, their original person was was just didn't have the time to do it, and so you know we'd have actually people get supplemented with um, other colleagues to uh, to help them do that effort because you know people really started to see the value of it and realizing that you know this is time well spent and even if it means um, people getting pulled out of their normal day to day for a short period of time um you know it, it's going to pay dividends in the end
1: right so that nothing nothing would break hopefully when you move from one place to another so so right. 22 move captains for how many people just to give some scope
2: um it was about 1100 people that were moved okay and that was is, done in the course do of about 8 weeks that we did that so we did it we did do it in in phases um but we also did it you know i think in a relatively short time window and you know this was ranging from you know office engineers accountants people like that to our call center to our um you know our, our line line department and our underground department who deal you know work outside with the the wires and the poles and so it was uh Certainly, you know many different work um, requirements and, and environments that that got moved, and you know we were able to to do them all with uh, minimal interruptions.
1: Great, I mean, just knowing the the scope of of everything that needed to move that's that's pretty incredible. So, uh, so I think it's important to note that the move captains that you had weren't just like managers of those departments. Can you talk about how you how you determined who would be a move captain?
2: Yeah, sure. Um you know, one of the things that we uh we realized is that you know, while well, well, certainly the move captain could have, you know, uh, you know, official power, you know, kind of by their by their position, we also realized that um because You know of 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 the change element here, and there there really needed to be a level of trust that somebody was telling you something was going to be okay, not because um, it was their job and they were forcing it upon you, but they were. You know, you could look across at the person and say, "I see myself in them. You know, they they do the same kind of work that I do. So if they're saying things are going to be okay, then you know, I I agree. I think then I, I take. What they're saying um, at a higher value, and so we tended to look for people, and we certainly worked with the uh, the department heads to say, you know, hey, who who in your organization has kind of that respect, that um, kind of unofficial power that um, is just because of who they are. Maybe it's because of their knowledge. Maybe it's because of how long they've been in the department. Maybe it's just because their people skills are are really um, really good but we had um if one of our larger groups we used an administrative assistant because she just you know, she knew everybody everybody knew her, she was always helpful and you know, she was just one of those people that um you know, everybody respected her and um you know would never take things that she said as being um artificial or or untrue and they would never want to put her in a position where they made her look bad either. So it was it was those kind of people that um that we asked for the department heads to think about and they you know they came through and it really um helped the message stick with um with the employees.
1: So did you do any other kind of communication or um uh... Some kind of rollout, or did you did you leave it to the move captains, or how did how did that work? Um,
2: yeah, we one of the the key groups we had at the um, the change workshop was our communications group, and uh, you know I, I think one of the the things that the workshop t- helped us do was build a sense of empowerment with with these various groups that maybe in the past it felt like well I I, I tried to you know lead change but you know, it, it didn't it didn't stick, or nobody supported me in it. Um, you know, we we were able to kind of give them a sense of empowerment. And so, with our communication people, we said, yeah, we understand that you guys are always sending out articles or putting out um, stories about you know what's going on in the company. And most people, you know, maybe they skim through it or whatever. You have trouble with them focusing in on it. Um, but when all of a sudden they started to see that but if we do it all as a group so your communication isn't kind of a standalone piece it is tied in with you know the tours we're doing or um, you know what the move captains are doing and they saw that you know they instead of having to try and do it on their own they could leverage what was being done Uh, you know they they kind of got freed up and we came up with some pretty clever things like um, we had an open house like you would at you know if we were trying to sell you know a, a condo or a house um and we just invited employees their families in on a weekend to come in and walk around and and kick the tires and and do things like that we also created a video that we put on our website that um and they they went out and again along the lines of of kind of expanding our our support base instead of using the project team to do the video. They went out and they grabbed just employees from all the different areas, different jobs, different you know backgrounds, different previous work locations, and had them you know take a tour. And then when they were done, they had them do like little face-to-face talks with them and say, Hey, so what'd you think? What'd you like? And it, the genuineness that came out of that um, video, I think, again, disarmed a lot of people and made them say, You know, this is a uh, should be able to work.
1: Yeah. So not scripted, but just genuine responses. It's great. Yeah. So what were the results? How do you know that it worked?
2: Um, well, the thing that's probably the most obvious, especially from a project standpoint, is we uh, we moved everybody in on time, so we were able to get out the, the buildings that had leases expiring we were moved out before those leases expired. There was no holdover charges or having to renegotiate um a short term lease because we weren't ready uh we got so you know we met that we met our budget goal because again, we weren't having to do a lot of customization just to appease people we We were able to um sell them on the the merits of the project as opposed to you know what's what's in it for me um and and you know really get them to say, you know, this is what's good for the company. And you know, you're an employee of the company and hey, we should all have that as a common goal is if it's if it's good for the company, it's good for me. Um so, you know, we we were able to maintain budget and for a project that is as unique as this one was, um you know, I think that is a is a really um uh, impressive thing to be able to say because I think especially given our detractors who just felt this will never work, or even once it started that, uh, you know, we're just destined for failure here, I'm going to be in my old work location for the rest of my career because they'll, you know, stub their toe somewhere along the line. Um, And so, you know, when we had it all done, all those people disappeared, and everybody was very positive, and, you know, we had a a ribbon-cutting ceremony at the site, we had the local politicians, we had you know, all of our executives, we invited all the employees, it was, you know, just a genuine sense, very upbeat, very much like, you know, hey, this is where we need, you know, where where we're always meant to be, and it was just, uh, um, you know, and and it's a a year removed from that, and it's still there, Heather. I mean, I'm not just blowing my own horn, but it really, (laughs) you know, you walk in, and people enjoy the space and and I think what what reaffirms it is when you have visitors come in and they say wow this is a really nice place you guys did a nice job um and everybody nods their head say so yeah yeah we kind of feel that way too
1: yeah. So just to be clear, because you you were talking about the naysayers and you you said those people disappeared, but you don't mean literally, like no, no, no,
2: like like the the
1: that sentiment disappeared. But you, it, I think, as far as I know, you you didn't actually lose anybody, any employees as a result of the move.
2: Yeah. No. And uh, you know that certainly was one of the the, the threats that was out there that uh, you know if we didn't do this right, people were going to leave the company. They were going to you know just just vote with their feet. Um, and, you know, I think by showing people that, hey, we are, you know, cognizant of this, I mean, we went out and uh, enlisted the assistance of a transportation consultant to help us identify mass transit opportunities because that was one of the things that we had heard uh, people had concerns about. And so um, you just shown people that, Hey, we're 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 listening. We're, when we hear people have concerns, we just don't you know push them to the side. We may not be able to address it completely or, or address it to your specific needs, but it's not because we didn't we didn't um, we didn't try. And I think yeah. a lot of times people underestimate the value of just you know acknowledging somebody's. Fears of change and saying, "Hey, we're we're working on it." I may not be able to yeah. to meet your exact
1: needs, but at least they know, "Hey, somebody was listening." A great place to end. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it was my pleasure to be a part of it, even though you know I was really just involved for that one day workshop. But it was it's so great to see you guys basically just took that and ran. And really, in some sense, changed the trajectory of the project because you hadn't been focused on the people side, and may not have taken that tack if if we hadn't had that workshop. So uh, yeah, it was really. it was great for me to see the results of just what we had done in that one day.
2: Yeah. So thank you so much show. for
1: coming and uh, being a part of the show. I appreciate you coming to tell the story. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to the Change Agents Dilemma. The next episode is coming up on Tuesday, June 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern. The guest will be Daryl Connor, and he's coming to talk about finding your change agent voice. In the meantime, if you'd like to be notified of future episodes and other resources to help you influence change in your organization, I invite you to sign up for my monthly newsletter at Inclaria.com. Not only will you receive helpful tips, but when you subscribe, you'll also receive a free chapter from my change management toolkit, the Irresistible Change Guide, some of the exercises we talked about today. Until next time, take care and best wishes for your change initiative.